the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in with our guest host this evening, Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, Pastor Emeritus. Actually had the pulpit this last Sunday, so he's full of it. He is just, he's raring to go, man. Usually you you scratch a pastor for about an hour on a Sunday, and he's probably got about another 10 gallons waiting for you throughout the rest of the week, and that's just the way pastors work. You can listen to Truth For Today, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, right here on KFAX. Also, 4.30 in the afternoon. I forgot to mention that earlier. You're you're slowing down, Chuck. You didn't catch me on that one. 4.30 in the afternoon, 5.30 in the morning. Great way to get your day up and running with Pastor Phil here on Truth For Today. And, of course, weekends, Sundays, 8.30 in the morning, all right here on KFAX and online at truthfortodayradio.org. We are talking about the love of God, and we've been diving into some of the ideas of what it is to, well, basically, uh, when you seek me, I'll be found of you. Search for me. When you search for me with your whole heart, then I'll be found of you. Okay, great. We're learning what it means to search for God, but why? What is the drive for us? What is the impetus? What swells our hearts to say, I need to seek after God. And we've lost a lot of that in our culture today, haven't we, Phil? We've lost it. Uh, I think we've lost what the reward is. <clears throat> I love Hebrews eleven six. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And I love this word. And that he is a apodidomai. Yes. That he is a rewarder. rewarder. He pays wages yeah. to those who seek him. Yeah. And uh, I used to always uh, share when I, I, one day I was looking at that verse, and it just came to my mind uh, when I was maybe, uh, I was probably seven years old in braces and crutches. And uh, my dad, once again, was a singer and a whistler. And he was walking into the projects where we lived, and I could only go as far as the railroad track as kids had been killed there, and I'm on crutches. But when I started hearing him whistle, stuff, I started walking down. I had to wait at the tracks, and here he is wearing an ironworker's metal hat, metal lunch bucket, uh, khakis, drenched. Uh, I mean, he, he's dirty from the day's work. And that first day, he said, well, what a surprise. And uh, he picked me up, crutches and all, and he reached in and he gave me a dime. Now, a Coke was a nickel. Mm-hmm. And uh, five pieces of penny candy. Uh, my sister and my brother Dave. We have thousands of dollars in our mouth that penny candy produce. <laughs> and uh, so I did that. Okay. Uh, the next night, I'm there again. Guess what? That night he said, 
open the bucket. Okay, I opened it. He started saving piece of his pie. Uh, the next night, it would be a piece of fruit. I never showed up at that place, but what he did reward me. And basically what he's saying, no cripple boy of mine will make the effort to come and see his dad and not be rewarded. And here's God is saying, you don't believe I can flood your heart. Uh, like old Peter said, it's joy, unspeakable. Yes. It's full. And you just, I dare you to get in his presence and just, just tell yourself, say an hour. Don't, don't, don't make it quick. You're only going to do it once a month. Mm. Get there and get a taste. The folks who love to pray have God shared the lunch with them. Mephibosheth never left the king's table empty-stomached. Didn't have to. And and listen to what Jesus said to that cold, cold Laodicean church. He said, Mm. I've been knocking at the door. Why? I want to share my lunch with you. Yeah. I I want a friendship meal with you. you. You've said you don't need me. You say you can see things rightly. You say you're, you're clothed. I see you as naked. Mm-hmm. My view of the church is totally different than your view. Mm-hmm. And you won't even let the head of the church share his lunch with you. And I think, we're idiots. We're idiots to think that we can improve God's method. His method is, to this man will I look to himself a humble and a contrite spirit and draws nigh to me. And the reward isn't a dime and it isn't a piece of pie. It is his own self. It's himself, his spirit. And we tend to look at it and go, yeah, well, get anything else? What? How broken are we that we've come so low? That will say, got anything else? <laughs> well, I was just thinking of First uh, John when he said, this is love, that God would give his son to pay for your sins. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I bore, the father could say, I bore with the screams of my son as though he was a wounded animal, that you could get a high priest in the high places and you would never have to beg to get in my presence. I can turn no one away that comes in Jesus' name. Mm. Come. There's a highway. This is this. I'm preaching myself into oh. the closet, just talking. <laughs> this is this is what it's all about, though, isn't it? This is this is the drive. This, this is, is drive. this is this is what gets us on our knees when we don't feel like it. This is what gets us opening our Bibles when we don't feel like it. This is what gets us reading through books like Numbers and Leviticus when we don't understand it. It is God Himself who says, "I'll be found by you I'll be found. if you'll look for me. Mm-hmm. Just look for me." And we think, oh, the God of this universe? I've got more important things to do. How the eyes of the Lord we? run to and fro throughout the earth oh. to find him whose heart is right towards him. Second Chronicles 16, 9. I'm looking for a man. What, what did he tell Ezekiel? Was it, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Yeah. Is there? Are, are we too busy? Uh, uh, it, it's like... Uh, you know, when you get older like myself, I talk to other older preachers. You know, we we can compare 60 years. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get in the church yesterday. Man. So when the guy gets up, uh, I'm listening. 
But what I'm trying, when I'm listening, when I hear some younger man usually preach, I, I don't want an echo. I want a voice. Yeah. I, I want to sense somebody that is like Samuel. Samuel, go back again and say, speak, Lord. Your servant heareth. There's, there's something. Even in Eli that's about to die and bury his boys, he said, go back, Samuel. This is God. We, we haven't had a voice like this for years. We need somebody that would hang out with God long enough that when you come out there to speak, we're not impressed by your person or your slick. I told a man one time, one of my profs said, I said, that's slick. He just nearly grabbed me. He said, this isn't slick, son. This is yeah. scriptural. Yeah. Well, yeah. he near, and he, he's a big German boxer that just said, you get your theology. <laughs> this is scriptural. <laughs> this ain't slick. I, you know, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say, if, I, if you come up to me after the service and say, boy, that was great. Or doc, that was spot on. Or pastor, that was one of the best sermons I've ever. He says, "I failed, I failed." But if I want, if I want you walk past me talking to somebody else, saying, "I haven't seen Jesus like that before," isn't Jesus amazing and lovely? He says, "Then I've I've gotten close to what I've been called to do." Oh. This isn't slick. What we're doing this evening here on Lifeline is not slick. This is this is scripture. This is our desire to see you, listener, walk in grace, understand the glory that awaits you. We are like interpreter in Pilgrim's Progress and 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 muckraker. You just look up. Just look up. The kingdom of God is right above you. Just look up. Don't get worried about the things of this life. And just pull look out up. That, pull out that promise key. It'll unlock oh. the door to Vanity Fair and Doubting Castle. Oh. You know, you're saying that what Lloyd Jones said. I had a woman come up some time back, and she said, "I think that's one of the best sermons I've ever heard." And I said, "Do you know why you said that?" She said, "No." I said, in a famine, even our cooking is good. Yes. <laughs> I said, we're in a famine. <laughs> even in a famine, a chuck wagon can taste five star. <laughs> We've got another, take another time out. When we come back, we want to take a look at the all-encompassing fact of love. Uh, it's, it's infinite-ness. And we'll do that on the other side of this break. This is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition right here on KFAS. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. Lifeline, Pastor Phil Howard, Andy Froyland talking about love, God's love. And boy, what a subject we've tackled this evening. And it's we're just scratching the surface. Yes, so yes. We, we, we wanted to move into his all-encompassing love or his, uh, the infiniteness of God's love. And I, I, I want to start it with, a, with an illustration, a personal illustration. My wife and I have spent years doing foster care with kids. And I cannot tell, if I had a dime for every time somebody said, how can you do that? I, boy, I'd be rich. I'd, I'd, I'd start up another George Mueller uh, place and get more kids. That's what I would do if I had those dimes. But you, they, they'll come to me and, you know, and they'll watch it. Me and my wife will have a, a, a baby for about a year and then they go home. 
and that breaks our hearts. And they'll say, how can, how can you do that? How, it, it, doesn't that just break your heart? Like, yeah, it does. But God's called us to it. Mm-hmm. And he fills our hearts every time he empties them. Mm-hmm. We, if we're faithful to empty our hearts on these children, God is faithful to refill and we start all over again. Mm-hmm. And we've done that time after time after time. God has never been unfaithful. His storehouse of love is inexhaustible, isn't it? And and during the break, you you were talking about this very fact of just how much God loves us by what he values. What he values. He's he's praying after he described to these Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, he, he says, well, God was thinking about you before the stars. Before the Milky Way, uh, way back, he, he used a strong verb in the Greek. He uses a, ver- a middle voice. He chose you for himself, having known everything he would ever encounter with you. So he, we have children without knowing what they would do. Right. He knew everything we would do, but went ahead and chose us. Yeah. And he said, I, I've adopted you in my family. And adoption in the uh, Roman Empire was adult children. It wasn't little infants. Right. It was, I'm going to make you heirs to take over the place. And the spirits in them. And then he says... I got to go on my knees and pray for you, Paul. I said, I've described all this, but you don't get it. I'm praying the Spirit would enlighten you to what you got. First of all, I wish you would know all the things in your future because he called you. I've canceled hell. I've canceled judgment. I've canceled the white throne. Uh, Everything in your future is, I'm going to resurrect you, rapture, return of Christ. You're going to reign with me. It's heaven. Everything gets better for you as believers. It doesn't matter if you go by way of martyrdom or old age. It's going to get better for you. Then he says, I wish you knew how rich the Father feels towards you because he put all of his riches in you. And, and I, I talked with a, a dear woman. Uh, I don't want to get emotional here. But, but she told me this week, I am the, the seventh child of my mother by seven different men. Uh, I have six other brothers and sisters. And they were all fathered by different men and uh, but it wasn't until I came to Jesus that I found worth I didn't know uh, and I said and I told her she, she's at our house and I said listen to me God's got all of his riches invested in you I said Calvary what God walked away from at Calvary was you and me and the millions that will be around the throne singing, Worthy is the Lamb. And uh, my dad always said, your mom and I don't have any wealth. All of our wealth is you seven kids. He said, uh, and so when he died, I I got his Bible. Uh, My sister eventually got the home place because a single woman. Um, but there's no money. I, I could not say, I, I got a Bible. 
That was my inheritance from my. But what I really got was his God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got brothers and sisters. I got the and I think he'd always say, "You kids are our greatest investment." And uh, think of God. God says, Fraylin, Chuck, Howard, I got my riches tied up with you guys. I, my spirit, my son, I've invested the Trinity in you. And I, you're my biggest deposit. And by the way, in chapter 3, throughout the ages, Spirit beings are going to be looking on the masterpieces the Trinity produce, and it'll be we'll be in that number. You mentioned uh, during the break you were reading a passage, and and it's easy for us to talk about uh, the inheritance that we get, but there's another inheritance that you made mention of that's really quite profound. Talk about that in the next couple of minutes. And what, uh, the, oh, what we get in the deal? Oh, to get the Father, to get the Son. Well, what does God get? He gets us. We're but his he, calls it, he calls it his, inher- his inheritance. Uh, he calls it, uh, well, he called Israel his treasured possession. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's calling these people. He said, you guys have been worshipers of Diana. You've been some of the most immoral people at Ephesus. But guess what? The son and I said, when we get to heaven, we're going to admire Said, This is our inheritance. God doesn't get heaven. He's had heaven. Right. He, he didn't get holy. He didn't get out of He said his biggest pain was us. Yeah. It cost him cruel Calvary. Yeah. And he said, but you're the treasure. We do it all over again if we can get you. Friend, this is a strange love of God that he told First John 3. Who can comprehend this strange foreign kind of love that God would call us sons of God? There's and, and you and I have talked about this. I love the way the Greek is laid out on that passage. You've got this 90-something-year-old man old, feeble, barely able to move, but the the nature of that Greek language is such that we have to use exclamation points in there to show just how excited this feeble old man was at the mere thought of the manner of love that God lavished what on us. What great love the Father has lavished on uh, us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Exclamation point. That's what we are. <laughs> it it boggles my mind to consider this, brother, and uh, and then it grieves my mind to think that so many believers in Christ just dismiss it as, yeah, well, I've got other things going on today. Mm. Oh, would God forgive us, that God would forgive us and restore and renew and encourage us afresh again in his spirit. This is our prayer. You, you must have great thoughts of God before you can worship him. Yes. And, and when you have this, um, you know, maybe... Uh, Running towards my 80s, I'm looking back. If I had uh, my two brothers and my dad and my sister here, we would all have handkerchiefs. Yeah. We, uh, you know, people talk about emotions. I said, 
first time I ever heard the word chosen in Christ, I was clueless. I grew up a Wesleyan Armenian, had no clue about such language. And, uh, but, but when it was just explained, before you reject it, just say, would you let God speak for himself? Don't, don't edit God. God spoke and he didn't stutter. And say, he said, I want you to know I chose you for myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and then he turned around and said, by the way, I foreknew you. Mm-hmm. I, I began to love you before time. Uh, uh, men, uh, what, what do you want? Wesley said, where did this poor stammering, lisping tongue begin? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, it, we worship this God. He, uh, yes, we're we not do. entertaining him. Uh, we're worshiping him. And uh, as you mentioned, you, you've got to have a great view of God to be able to do so. And if you can acknowledge that you don't, it's a simple request that God loves to respond yes and amen to, that you would ask him to be a great God in your life. Quick timeout. We'll come back and continue our conversation here on Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard on KFAX. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Andy Froyland, our producer sitting in, just relishing in it all himself, Pastor, uh, Mr. Chuck, uh, and uh, you, yourself, thank you for staying with us as, as listeners. We appreciate you. And uh, it is our earnest prayer. In fact, we do. We spend time in prayer before this broadcast uh, that, uh, that God would use our time together with, uh, with you to encourage you and challenge you in your walk and relationship with Christ. We've got uh, a few more minutes together. And so um, we wanted to talk about Asbury, but I think uh, we've, you know, there, I remember uh, uh, Don Matzett used to have a program called Issues Etc. And uh, he was out of, um, uh, out of the seminary, the uh, Lutheran seminary there in St. Louis. And he invited one of his old professors on to talk about Christ or talk. What was it? He was he was going to talk about uh, faith in Christ, uh, faith. What is faith? And uh, he got his professor on and he said, OK, well, let's talk about faith. And his professor says, no, I want to talk about Jesus. And it kind of threw Don off a bit. And he says, well, but, well, yeah, we can. But I wanted to talk about faith. That's why I wanted to bring you on. He says, no, Don, I want to talk about Jesus. And after about an hour and a half of talking about Jesus, he looked at Don and said, now, Don, we've been exampling faith. And uh, we've wanted to talk about Asbury, but I think we've been exampling it. <laughs> because really, that's what that's what's happening in Asbury, is this love of God just being poured out, shed abroad in, a fresh in your hearts. Generation. In a fresh generation. And it, you know, it, we can sit here in San Francisco and the greater Bay Area and look on and go, gee, that's nice. I wonder if God would do that here. 
or we can humble ourselves before God and let God do it here. There's nothing sacred about Wilmore. No. As far as the geography. No, there isn't. It, no, this isn't Bethel. No. Wilmer isn't Bethel. No, we no. don't. We don't have to look for a rock and a stairway to heaven. No, well, we don't. I, I was doing a conference in Dallas Seminary one time, and of course, it's such a powerful Bible Belt, Dallas in the Midwest there. And here I'm, you know, uh, from the San Francisco Bay Area, which is considered foreign missions to those guys. Right. And uh, I got up and I said. This may be a shock to you guys, but illumination, Dallas doesn't have a monopoly on illumination. He actually chose me in Richmond. Yeah. And they all, we busted out laughing. He said, he can actually get beyond the borders. He actually saves a woman down in Samaria. Yeah. And I said, you know, I just want you to know that. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about what this love uh, does. I think of Paul writing to the Corinthians, who were so impressed with elocution, rhetoric, and and the, the great orators that came out of Athens, the art of speaking. And and then of all things, you got gifts going just crazy. I mean, they're they're competing over who talks in tongues the most, prophesy. He had to regulate them. He had to get yeah. everything in order. And then he comes to chapter thirteen, and, and he says, uh, "By the way, if the motivation behind anything you're doing in the body isn't love, everything you're doing is ashes." Uh, I just read verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Otherwise, I could uh, die a martyr's death with the wrong motive. Yeah. Uh, And then he said, he starts in, love is patient. Fifteen verbs. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast, is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects now, see, it did a bunch of things it doesn't do. Now it's going to tell you what it did. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, it perseveres. And uh, uh, when I think about this, uh, if I had to put my name, every place love is mentioned, it would, uh, you know, if I let my kids fill this out on me, uh, Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you already touched on your wife. Now you're going to the kids. Yeah. You, oh. Man. You know, when you pull up and the dog starts barking, and the kids man. start <laughs> running for a hiding, and they said, the man of God just pulled up. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, one guy said, is it amazing how Orthodox people can be so brutally blunt yeah. and non-sympathetic? Uh, you know, I come from a tradition. I used to be twice as happy at knowing half as much. Right. <laughs> but now as my knowledge has grown, has my joy grown? Yeah. Has my uh, treatment? Isn't it amazing that the more you know, you're set up to be proud? First Corinthians 8.1. Pride builds up and 
makes you big-headed. Love builds up the body. Hmm. And uh, I don't want to be ignorant, but God said, uh, Paul, to keep you from crashing with pride, I want to give you a thorn. Hmm. I got to balance human nature because you guys are egomaniacs. The fall came not from a brothel, but with an inflated view of being autocratic. I'll decide what's good for me. Mm. Right there. I mean, when you can... One man I just read, Thomas Watson, who said... He's talking about a loose-living minister. And he said, he swapped paradise for a moment of lust. Mm. He swapped paradise for a moment of lust. And I thought, wow, is, is my love patient... It's an interesting word. It's a macrothemia, and it means the ability to put up a long time with people. He comes to another word here, endure, which was circumstantial. I can endure a difficult circumstance. Right. But you know what? Uh, Does your Christianity give you the skill and the ability to put others at ease, even those that are maybe ear. God didn't make us all alike. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's why marriage is one of the most challenging things. Can a man and woman, especially, let's say, Christian, yeah. can they live a lifetime together? Is that, can you know a other human being day in and day out and still love them, still want to be with them? Uh, and if you think it's easy, read the statistics. Uh, the 90, They'll tell Russia, you just how hard it really is. Well, they're saying Russia one divorce for every three people. Hmm. It just rampant ever. But patient, uh, you know, I, I I grew up. I don't know if you meant. I grew up with spankings. Yeah, same here. You know, and and I did that because as a pastor, I didn't want to be embarrassed by my kids. I wanted to be able to take them anywhere yeah. and then be well-behaved so that the guests, they wouldn't invite us back, that we didn't tear up anything. Uh, I was strict about that. But, but... Um, once again, it's hard on you when you marry a saint. Uh, my, my wife says, you're so quick to correct or to spank. Uh, I wonder sometimes if they see Jesus in you. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, did she need a spanking? Right. Or did she need to be talked to? And I finally come to see that Proverbs says the mouth is the 80% teacher in Proverbs. Right. The rod is occasional. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that uh, uh, I I got onto my daughter about something and whatever. And they get this. Uh, my wife says, are you aware uh, what, what your daughter does with her allowance? And I said, no, what, what are you talking about? I don't think we gave her over $4 a week. Right. She said, she pays $2.50 a week to buy her dad's sermons. Ouch. Okay. She, she said, uh, and, and and this is the man she's listening to, to see Jesus? Mm-hmm. She said, couldn't you develop some patience and some wisdom 
and don't be quick to correct. To go Patience, along with the words. Love will make you put up a long time with people. All right. Well, you've just created another great time to say break. <laughs> so we'll do just that. We'll take another break. Holy cow. Lots to think about here tonight on Lifeline. Pastor Phil Howard dragging us through the mud here on Lifeline on KFAX. We'll be back right after this. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, our final segment. And we've been talking about love here tonight with our uh, guest host, Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. And, uh, in fact, just quickly, one more time, if you enjoy our time together this evening, you can catch Pastor Phil Howard Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, 4.30 in the afternoon, right here on KFAX. Truth For Today is the radio program. And don't forget... Sundays as well at 8.30 and always online at truthfortodayradio.org. So as we wrap things up, Pastor Phil, uh, final thoughts on prayer. And then uh, I think it'd be best if we just kind of closed our time out together in prayer a little bit. Well, I think that uh, if we thought of prayer in positive uh, ways that it's talking to someone we love that's separated by distance and physical sight. We don't get to, he, Peter said, we love him whom we've not seen. Uh, but it doesn't mean he's not present, that he's not uh, real. Uh, but faith someday will give way to sight. And that is part of our hope. But uh, in the meantime, uh, there's no way you can make it through this world with its anxieties, with the challenges of life, uh, without adoring and worshiping this God. And uh, I would just say to all of you listeners, uh, you're, you're, you're missing one of the greatest helps that God has offered you. He said, cast your anxiety on him. Lay your worship at his feet. When you think about it, everything good that's ever come in your life came from the Father above, of where there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. Every good thing you have, health, parents, wife, children, job, money, intelligence. Did you wake up this morning knowing who you were? Uh, I, I lost a sister a few months back that, uh, bless her heart, the, the disease of Alzheimer's was taking her mind and her ability to know her surroundings. And God in mercy escorted her to heaven. But uh, I would just say, come to the throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. Do you know how hard it was to get in God's presence in the Old Testament? You attempted it uh, upon the threat of your life. If the regulations weren't followed, if the blood of a sacrifice wasn't in order, you could be killed on the spot. But guess what, beloved? All the bloodshed has been done. The only thing God's waiting is to hear your steps, as it were, coming before his throne. And he said, come boldly, not arrogantly, but boldly, with confidence. 
and you're going to find a sympathetic audience there. And you can pour your heart out. I, I even have to go down. I pray with my wife. and we read, We're going through the book of John together. But when I want to pour out all the stuff of my heart, I got to get alone. I got to get in God's presence and tell him what I would not tell anyone else. Uh, and he's waiting for you. Uh, I love the Larnell Harris song he used to sing, I Miss My Time With You. Uh, I showed up today, where were you? I missed my time with you today. And I think that's what the Father's probably saying to a busy, busy church, trying to see how we can make the church relevant. (laughs) And he's saying, I miss being with you. If you'd ask me the head, you'd be amazed. I know how to draw people. I'm the only one that can save them. Draw nigh. Draw nigh. Why don't we do that? Can you give us a couple of minutes of prayer, Phil? Our Father, we have found you a perfect ear to hear our heart. You said in First Peter 3 that your ear is open to our prayers. Uh You don't want to hear us complaining. You don't want ingratitude. You want us to come and say, if all I can talk to you about, could I thank you that uh, over 62 years ago, you tracked me down in a little church on the south of Richmond and saved me and canceled hell for me forever and sealed me in yourself. I thank you, Lord, that I've seen you raise up a Valley Bible Church out of nothing, nothing. A pastor and three women and a little two-year-old girl, and you did the rest. I've seen you build a church. I've got to bury my mom and dad knowing they will meet you. I've seen you give me a wife that you chose to be a helpmate for life. On and on, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never on the basis of my worth, but on the basis of your love, your goodness, your graciousness, your overwhelming benevolence towards your own children. And you're saying to all of us, come nigh, come near. I won't hurt you. I'll comfort you. I'll bear up your burden so that you can get through this life with divine strength and comfort. Come, come to me. Father, you have uh, been pleased to reveal yourself to us this evening through our conversation. My prayer is that those listening in this evening have known that same sense. And for those of us who feel lacking, for those of us who have spent a long time wondering where you're at, please uh, fill us afresh with your spirit. For those listeners this evening who are saying, I want to see you. I want to know more of you. Uh, I'm tired of the status quo and the ho-hum. God, please answer their prayers. Show up in their lives. Reveal yourself to them. This deep, 
deep, deep love that you have for them. Grant them their request. Renew in us a right spirit. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Yes, yes, yes. Father, we long to see you. We hear of your presence in Asbury, and we know because you have told us that you'll show up if we'll just seek you. Yes. May we act as those kids in Asbury. May we start seeking you. Please, Father, change our hearts. Strengthen and encourage us. Yes. Renew your presence in this in this arid land that we find ourselves in, in the midst of a, the greater Bay Area. Start a revival here. Yes, Lord. Oh, please. Open up, please open up the floodgates. Revive our church. Revive your people. May we know your presence. Revive your people. Thank you again for for evenings like this where we get to gossip you and speak about your love and how deep your love is for us. Father, we've just scratched the surface. May you continue the journey in our listeners this evening. May they not be satisfied with a couple of hours of some old men talking about you. May they listen to your fame, and may that flame spread in their hearts long after we're gone. Yes, yes. And we will give you glory, honor, and praise. Oh, yes. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen amen. You know, brother, as always, it's a privilege to spend time with you and uh, our listeners. Uh, We are out of time. It has been a wonderful time together. And uh, rest mm-hmm. assured, our prayers continue long after these mics go dead. And uh, it is our prayer that your prayers will continue long after you turn off your radio. Uh, this isn't just a, a show or a program. We are, we are talking about the risen God, the risen King, our elder brother. And that is what we hope sparks life in you this evening. Thank you so much for taking a few moments and spending it with us. And uh, we'll do it all again next time. If you if you have questions, if you'd like to reach out to Pastor Phil or us here at Truth For Today, do visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Uh, we do take a look at those emails, pray and respond to them in kind, and we'll be happy to do so if you'll reach out to us. Have a great evening. Take care. We will see you again next time here on Lifeline on KFAX. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications. All rights reserved. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.